Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This week, the Meg. Its full name is, appropriately enough, a bit of a mouthful. It's Megalodon. Excuse me? I said a megalodon. The darkest minds. More kids on the run in another dystopian future. We're going to a place where kids can live together on the outside. The only people who would ever help us were us. And Spike Lee's back with a vengeance. Black Klansman. My mouth to God's ears. I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. One of the most pointless tasks you can take on is trying to predict stardom. My own track record is no better or worse than anyone else's. The number of times I've spotted an intriguing new actor and said, watch him or her go, only to watch them slowly slide down the billing to oblivion. But what is stardom in the era of instant social media celebrity? Occasionally, it's actually linked to talent. Meryl, De Niro, Benedict, Dame Judy and Dame Maggie. Did we do by Miles Madison? Did we do that in Edinburgh? Yeah, we did it at the festival, don't you remember? No. I didn't know we were in Edinburgh. Were we good? (laughs) (laughs) Too long ago. But often what passes for stardom these days simply means a reliable brand name. If they're listed above the title, you pretty much know what to expect. Tom Cruise, Adam Sandler, Melissa McCarthy, The Rock and The Staith. You want to tell me why you just put me in a room with this teen crumpets eating criminal? You know, I think that tight T-shirt's cutting up the circulation of your brain. You should get a bigger size. You guys are going to work together. Love to. Oddly, glamour and celebrity aren't essential for stardom. Sometimes the biggest attractions are remarkably ordinary. Who would have picked Guardian of the Galaxy Chris Pratt for World Conquest? Or girls next door like Anne Hathaway or Sandra Bullock? In three and a half weeks, the Met will be hosting its annual ball, and we are going to rob it. Oh, oh lucky you. $16.5 million dollars in each of your bank accounts five weeks from now. That's a lot. And who predicted that it would be Lily James, about ninth or tenth banana on TV soap Downton Abbey, who would end up starring in everything from the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society to Cinderella and Mamma Mia 2. We only just met. And you're not that kind of girl? Absolutely not. Usually. The fact is, once they become stars, it seems so obvious. But first time out, well, as I say, who knew? Well, this week, two films mostly star-free, though that could change for the lead actors if they succeed. One is a young adult sci-fi movie with a young, hopeful cast and a rather forgettable name, The Darkest Minds. 
If you can hear this, you're one of us. If you're one of us, come find us. The government's afraid of the ones who lived. But we don't have to stay in darkness. Another boasts better-known names, Adam Driver and the long-time Miss Director, Spike Lee. But its major attraction is its title. Who doesn't want to see a film called Black Klansman? We'll need another officer. Surprise, surprise. A white officer to play me when they meet face-to-face. That's my point exactly. Chief, Black Ron Stallworth over the phone. White Ron Stallworth face-to-face. So there becomes a combined Ron Stallworth. Can you do that? I believe we can with the right white man. We can do anything. But first, he's undoubtedly and unaccountably a star, and this is his biggest film to date. Jason Statham takes on The Meg. You must be the crazy guy. I'm not crazy. I'm just saying things no one else has. A megalodon. A massive prehistoric killer machine. So glad I'm not crazy. The Meg seems to occupy the territory between respectable giant creature features like Jaws and Jurassic World and more down-market fare, the likes of Anaconda, Snakes on a Plane and Godzilla. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. And after that, you get down to the truly trashy bottom feeders, the so-bad-they're-ridiculous Sharknado movies, right down to, I promise I'm not making these up, Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf and Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. We have the discovery of a lifetime. System go for descent. We should find all sorts of species. It's all believed the Mariana Trench was the deepest place on Earth. But we encountered the completely new world. The question is, who's joking? Are these films being made ironically? Are audiences going to them ironically, or doesn't it matter? The fact is, people are going, like it or not. I'm not dying anymore. You're going to tell me a problem. And I'll say no. You're going to offer me money. I'll still say no. You're going to appeal to my better nature. And I'm going to say no. Because I don't have one. The setup of the Meg is that heroic undersea rescuer Jonas, played by bullet headed British action man Jason Statham, has quit the business when nobody believed his story about a mysterious creature down there. Then one day his old friend Cliff Curtis comes calling. Those crazy explorers went into the water one more time, only to find that maybe Jonas was right. Jonas, this happened this morning. Lori, I have a contact. Oh, it's huge. It's crushing me. There's someone down here. They may have encountered the same species you did down there. So Jonas is lured back to undersea explorer HQ, located somewhere near China. Well, these days, every action thriller is located near China, just as most of them feature a Chinese co-star. In this case, the delightfully named Bing Bing Lee. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. 
Bing Bing has brought her adorable little daughter to the underwater research centre and lets her wander around the place on the off chance she might run into something interesting out there in the bottomless deeps. Hey kid, what's that big fishy thing in the window behind you? What's that? When you're looking for scientific answers, they come from the least likely sources. Who knew Jonas had a degree in semi-mythical dino sharks, or megalodons as we're expected to call them? It's a shark. It's a megalodon. Excuse me? I said a megalodon. Turns out Jonas opened up an underwater portal from down there to up here when he was rescuing his ex-girlfriend Laurie. You know, the one Cliff Curtis used to get Jonas back into the underwater rescuing game. Do keep up. Are you saying we opened up a superhighway for giant sharks? No, just a meg. Now, I know what you're wondering. Who's the villain of the piece? Say, a ruthless but dim-witted billionaire constantly cutting corners and determined to claim ownership of any supersized fish his company finds down there. Step up Rain Wilson from the American office. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? Megalodons were thought to have been extinct. They're not getting eaten by some prehistoric fish. You sure about this? Not really. But, of course, a film called The Meg stands and falls on the super shark itself. And the problem is you can't really see how big it is until it swims past a human. To the credit of American director John Turtletaub and his mostly New Zealand crew, they swim the Meg past humans on a regular basis. But, as they say, familiarity does tend to breed contempt. He looks heroic, but he's kind of got a negative attitude. Chew on this, you ugly... And the more frequently we see Meg, the more it looks like a special effect. It's not as if we're being distracted by the wafer-thin characters or any subsidiary subplots. There are none. It's essentially the Staith versus the Meg. Jason Statham taking on a gigantic shark. You know, like it says in the poster. If you want me to go instead, I will. I got this, mate. Okay, good. So is lying. I know that's what we said we wanted, and you can't deny that all over the world audiences are lapping up the Meg. But it's significant that the most common reaction afterwards is disappointment. Hard to believe anyone could be disappointed by a film as unambitious as the Meg, but there you go. I'm going to make this thing bleed. Slightly to one side of all the hit noir TV series aimed at adults came a show called Stranger Things, which discovered a young and not-so-young audience for youth-oriented sci-fi on the heels of The Hunger Games and Divergent. 
Now the producers of that show, Sean Levy and Dan Cohen, have turned to the big screen for a film called The Darkest Minds. Idiopathic Adolescent Acute Neurodegeneration, or IAAS. Nearly 90% of the country's children are now dead. Survivors of the virus develop side effects, or what some are calling powers. Unexplained incidents involving surviving children. The Darkest Minds sets out its stall immediately with a sweeping disease that's obliterated most children in the world. Most, but not all, and the survivors seem to have gained certain extraordinary powers. Children like Ruby. The government wasn't afraid of what happened to the ones that didn't make it. They were afraid of us. Because the ones that survived changed. The powers are colour-coded. Blue, green, gold and so on. Ruby secretly discovers she has forbidden orange powers. She can manipulate minds, but pretend she just has green ones. Super intelligence. But it's only a matter of time before the evil military discovers her secret. Drop it. Because of the powers, the adults are afraid of them. Ruby, children like you are considered too dangerous. If they catch you... They'll kill you. Fortunately, Ruby escapes the camp where she's been imprisoned, and on the outside, she runs into three more runaway colour kids. I'm Liam Natsu. This is Chubbs. Chubbs? Charles to you. Yeah, it used to be a bit beefier. Zoo can back me up in that one. Hey, Zoo. What's wrong? Liam, Chubbs and Zoo take Ruby under their wing, but look out, here comes trouble. There are roving bounty hunters out to collect the prices on the heads of runaway kids. And the most persistent is Lady Jane, played by Game of Thrones' Gwendolyn Christie. It's Lady Jane. I told you I saw Lady Jane. Incidentally, don't get your hopes up if you recognise anyone in the darkest minds. Those people won't be sticking around long. This is a series entirely dependent on its teenage stars, particularly plucky Ruby and good-looking Liam, who are soon striking romantic sparks off each other. We're going to a place where kids can live together on the outside. The only people who would ever help us were us. But enough of that. This is a road movie sort of plot. Part children of men without the adults, part walking dead without the zombies, and part, believe it or not, watership down. Whatever happens, don't stop. For their safety and yours, please turn over your children. Just as a wrinkle of time earlier this year made self-conscious references to The Wizard of Oz, so The Darkest Mind seems to have been inspired by Richard Adams' rabbit epic. Like Watership Down, it follows our heroes and heroines from one place to another, wondering if they're meeting friends or foes. I'm smart enough to know you're hiding something. And you're smart enough to be hiding it. I just didn't want you to be afraid of me. The more that I try to control it... more damage that I do. 
Interestingly, the film is directed, quite efficiently, by former animation director, Korean-born Jennifer Yu Nelson of Kung Fu Panda fame. Nelson clearly has an instinct for what a young audience wants, essentially investment in the characters, particularly Ruby, played by young Amanda Stenberg. It's okay, I won't hurt you. I know. That's right, you're the mind reader. I can't read minds. I can barely understand my own thoughts. Amanda has the spunky appeal of other tomboy American actresses like Hayley Steinfeld and Chloe Grace Moretz. And the character of Ruby has the always popular appeal of Secretly You're a Hero that's powered Harry Potter and Katniss Everdeen right back to the young King Arthur. Ruby, you are very rare. Among the most powerful. We know our but in addition, Ruby has another secret apart from her orange powers. And when she reveals it, it's surprising and touching. It's a story of teenage love, of teenage friendship, and the regular teenage question, who can we trust? We can fight back. We don't have to stay in darkness. We've survived all of this. But The Darkest Minds may suffer for appearing in the wrong place. Already social media critics are wondering why this isn't a TV series. Certainly the ending implies more to come, reflecting the television background of its producers. But it feels more like a small-screen, character-driven serial like Stranger Things than a yearly series of big-screen cataclysms. I will fight for all of us. The buzz leading up to a film called Black Klansman has been palpable, partly because of its premise, the true story of a black policeman who joined the Ku Klux Klan, and partly because it's been so long since we've seen a film from its director, what he calls a Spike Lee joint. The KKK is planning an attack. How do you propose to make this investigation? We'll establish contact over the phone. We'll need a white officer to play me when they meet face-to-face. Spike Lee kicked off his career with colourful, aggressively political films like Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X and Mo Better Blues. But despite his prolific workload, for the last ten years his films have mostly been sidetracked or sent to cable TV. Until now. You for the white race, Ron? Oh, hell yeah. So there becomes a combined Ron Stallworth. Can you do that? With the right white man, we can do anything. The first thing you see in Black Klansman, and I urge you to see it, is the confidence with which it's been made. The notices have mostly dwelt on the subject matter, the place of the KKK and the US back in the 70s and now, and the attitude Lee's fire and fury at Donald Trump's America. I want to thank you so much for never putting your country second. Mm. America first. America first. America first. But that overlooks Spike Lee's power and skill as a filmmaker. The story opens in whitest Colorado in the 70s. Lee fudges the precise date where a young black police officer applies for a job in Colorado Springs. The times are definitely a changing. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. 
Ron Stallworth cools his heels in the records department and hates it. He applies for a job as a plainclothes detective and is assigned to go undercover at a public address by black power activist Stokely Carmichael, which is where he meets student leader Patrice. We must unite and organize to fight racism. Are you down for the liberation of black people? Power to the people. All power to all the people. All power. Fresh from his first undercover mission, Ron's eye is caught by an ad in the local paper offering information about ultra-racist organisation the Ku Klux Klan. On a whim, he rings them and makes contact with the notorious David Duke. Hello, this is Ron Stallworth calling. Who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do for Ron is invited to come along to a meeting of the local chapter of the clan and sees an opportunity to investigate them. But to do that, he'll need a white frontman. He enlists the help of a Jewish colleague, Flip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver. When's the last time they let a rookie lead an investigation? Oh, that's right. Never. <laughs> OK. Become his friend. Let's get invited back. So what kind of stuff do you guys do? Cross burdens, marches. This is fixing to be a big year for us. You ask too many questions. You undercover or something? The story is almost too Hollywood perfect to be true. But while Spike Lee and his writers have made some adjustments to the timeline, it seems some of the most unlikely parts of Black Klansman, including David Duke urging Ron to run for KKK office, are absolutely what happened. For you, it's a crusade. For me, it's a job. You're Jewish. That hatred, doesn't that piss you off? You're taking this Jew lie detector test. Why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game? Ron is played by one John David Washington. You may know his dad, Denzel. And he's wonderful whether he's doing bored kung fu moves in his office, flirting with a cop-hating Patrice, or doing white impressions on the phone to the oblivious clan members. Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans and Irish, Italians and Chinese. Setting the tone is another of Spike Lee's skills. For all the seriousness of the subject matter, racism in America and the real danger Elworth and Zimmerman put themselves in, Lee mostly plays it like an entertaining Elmore Leonard crime novel. Car chases, dry comedy and colourful characters. But my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. But at the end, it changes, because Spike Lee wants to underline the fact that this isn't ancient history, back in the quaint old days of 40 years ago. Depressingly, nothing much has changed, and the ironic cracks about how America would never elect a Klan member are undercut by recent footage from Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm telling you, the wars are coming. Black power! Black power! Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. That's us, Stallworth brothers. Like Ken Loach in Britain, Spike Lee isn't merely a political campaigner. He's a brilliant filmmaker, first and foremost. And he may tweak the details for dramatic effect, but never the truth of what America was and is like for that country's black community. We're on a roll, baby. America first. America first. America first. If I would have known this was a clan, I wouldn't have taken this mother.
In other words, Spike Lee's back and about damn time. And it's a handy reminder to look back over Lee's back catalogue. We're unlikely to run out any time soon. There are over 80 titles in there. And at the start of what looks like a beautiful research project, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.